With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daf Memhei, page 45. We begin one line in Elameata, from now. Viyatsu, it says they shall go out. Shnaim, that's plural. Umadudu Shnaim, they shall measure, it's also plural. So this teaches us two times two, more. There should be four more people. Rabbi Huda, Harei Kantisha. It's according to Rabbi Huda who said five before, so you should have nine. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon who says that you should have three before, that you need three in order to have this court, Harei Shiva. So we see that there are seven. The Gemara answers, You know, those verses are necessary to teach us something else, not to teach us that we need more people to be in the court. Viyatsu, the verse says, Viyatsu, Hein Veloishluchehen. They have to go and not their messengers. Umadudu, and they measure it. Shafilu nimsa Even if it was in a, it was clearly within a certain distance, it was certainly closer to a certain city. Nevertheless, they would still measure. That the Torah specifically wants us to be involved in measuring which city is closer. Masnison to like Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov. The Gemara continues and says that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov. The Tanya we learned in a brisa, Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov Oimer. Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov says, "Zekeinecha zu Sanhedrin." Your elders, this is reference to the Sanhedrin. Shiftecha zem Melech v'Koyin Gadol. This is reference to the king and the high priest. Melech. This is reference to a king. Dechsev, as the verse says, Melech b'Mishpat Yamid Aretz. The king in judgment shall with uh, shall uphold the land. Koyin Gadol Dechsev. The verse is, it's refer- reference to the high priest, as the verse says, Uvasel Kohanim Halavim shall come to the Kohanim, to the priests, and to the Levites that shall and the judge that shall be in that day, etc. So basically, it comes out according to Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov that we need all of these important people to be involved any time that you find a dead body outside of a city. So thus, we see that it's very important and very grave, no pun intended, circumstance that requires the attention of very important people. Ibaylahu. We have a following question according to Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov. Rabbi Elazar ben Yaakov, bemelech the kain gadol hu depalig. So he argues in regards to the fact that he requires the king and the high priest be involved. But in regards to the Sanhedrin, does he hold either like Rabbi Yehuda or like Rabbi Shimon, either that you need only three or five? Odilma, perhaps, no, with Sanhedrin, Nami Palik. He also argues in regards to the Sanhedrin that he's talking about. And he, and he holds that you need all 71 members of the high court of Yushalayim. So let's see. Amrav Yosef Toshim says, let's prove it from the following. Matzan Zakin Mamre. So if let's say they find someone to be a rebellious elder, right? If there's a person who is a great scholar and he goes against the Sanhedrin, the high court of 71 in Jerusalem, and he doesn't listen to them. So if he's found to be such a person, so he, he needs to be killed. So if this happens, Abe Pagi, which is the name of a place, which is the edge of Yerushalayim near the walls, and he went home and he went against what they said still, you might think that his rebellion is considered a rebellion. That's what the verse says. The Kamta of Alisa Alamakum. You shall go up to the place, meaning that the place where he has to become a Zakin Mamre, where he has to be a rebellious elder, is only if it's done in the base of Migdash itself on the Makom, the place. So now the question is, how many people actually left and went out to this Beipagi, this edge of Yerushalayim? And if it's only a few of them, So maybe those that were left behind, meaning the members of the court that are still inside of inside of the temple, that they that they hold like this guy. So who says, how can you prove that this guy is going against everyone? It's clear that all of them, when all 71 members of the high court have all come over here, and they're all, and they're all saying, Contrary to what this guy says, 
Ulemai, so why did they leave? Ilidvarashos, if it was for some reason other than a mitzvah, Mimatsunafki, can they go out? Vaksiv, the verse says, Sharech Agan Hasar al Yachsar Hamazik. So Rashi explained that this verse is referring to the Sanhedrin, that they're at the Tibur, the belly button, so to speak, of the world, the center of the world, which is Yushalayim. Al Yachsar Hamazik, you can't be missing two, th- you can't be missing more than two thirds. You have to have at least one third left. So Shem Nitzrach Echad Mehem says, if one of them leaves, Imyesh Sham Eser Mushlashik Neged Sanhedrin, if there are still 23 left, which corresponds to a small Sanhedrin, so then they can leave him, but they can't leave for any other purpose. So it's obvious the Dvar Mitzvah, that if they're all there at the edge of the city, that why did they leave? They left for a mitzvah purpose, for the purpose of a commandment. What was the purpose? What was this mitzvah that they were doing? Maybe it was because they went out to do the measurement of the egla, meaning they went to measure where this person was, the dead person was found in regards to the two cities. And this would prove that Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov is the one who holds that there's 71. You would indeed need all 71 as opposed to Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon who say 3 and 5. So Abaye says, Dilma, no. Perhaps Lahisif al Ha'ir, Al Ezra, Al Ha'azaris. Perhaps they had a different mitzvah to do, which was to add on to the city of Yishalayim, or to add on to the sanctuary, because it's not, as we learned in the Mishnah. The only way to add on to the city of Jerusalem, or on to the sanctuaries, is only via the Bezdin of 71. So so we bring a brisa that does indeed show like Rav Yosef, that indeed, according to Rabbi Yaakov, you can. You do need, I'm sorry, 71. It says, explains this case, that how was it that they found this guy to be a Zakin Mamri, an elder who was rebelling? So why did they, why were they out of their place? Because they had gone out to measure for the Egla Arufa, or to add on to the city of Allah Azaris. So here we see clearly that uh, 71 is required according to Rebbelezim You might think that this rebelliousness is considered rebellion. That's why the verse says, that no, you have to go actually to the place of Harabayas and make this guy Zakin Mamre, a rebellious elder, in order for him to be considered a rebellious elder. Thus we see, like we said, like Rebbelezim Yaakov, that you need 71. We said if he was found inside of some kind of pile of stones or hanging from a tree, so this does not count as a regular case, and therefore you do not do the whole Egla uh, Arufa business. Let us say that the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda, and not like the Rabbana Titania, because we find in the Bryce it says, that when it comes to Shechacha, there's a concept that if you forget something, something falls out of your hands and you forget it, behind you in the field as you're collecting all your stuff, so you have to leave it there and allow that the poor people should take it. This comes to exclude something that was forgotten in such a way that it was hidden. This is what Rabbi Yehuda holds. So he holds that if it was hidden, indeed, it's not considered Shekha, and you can go back for it, and you don't have to leave it for a poor person. The Chachamim say, In the field, It comes to include, it's an extra word, and it comes to include that even something that was hidden, so that also is required to be left there for a poor person. So this implies that according to Rabbi Yehuda, only according to Rabbi Yehuda, is something that's hidden, not considered included in the verse. So that would be like our Mishnah. Rav says we could even say it goes according to the Rabbanan. It could be that the Chachamim only say over there that something that's hidden is included. But they would agree that over here that something that's hidden is excluded. Why? We have as follows. 
So the verse says, if you will find a dead body, that's where it's found ba'adama on the ground, prat l'taman. So that comes to exclude something which is hidden. So therefore, they would agree to that. Why? And over there, they would say, in, in, in fact, something that's hidden is included. Over there, it goes according to what's going on in the circumstances there. As the verse says, The, the Bach adds on. So if you are going to be threshing your field, and you're going to be taking this stuff, and you forget something in your field, So you have the word that you forgot is right next to the word two words away. My cuts here, but golly, just like when you're threshing, you're doing it in, in full view of everyone. So therefore, only something that's forgotten and clearly visible. So therefore, that's what's going to be left behind. So therefore, So that's why the verse is coming to include even something that is hidden. So basically what we're saying is that according to the Rabbanon, so since the verses seem to imply originally that something that's Tamun is excluded, that's why the word Basada comes to include even something that's Tamun. Whereas over here, there's no exclusion that's happening and then another inclusion. So therefore, it's excluded, period. Rabbi Yehuda, why does he need to learn it out from the fact that it says Basada to teach you that it's excluded? Why doesn't he learn it out from the fact that it says Shekha next to Katsir? So Gemara says, Ein hachinami. True, he does learn it out from there. And therefore he says that you do not include something that's hidden. Something that's hidden, you do not have to leave behind. So what does he learn out with the Pasuk of Basada? So he holds that it comes to include a case where you forgot a section, you forgot to thresh a certain section of the field that's also included in the concept of forgetting and it also has to be left for a poor person. Rabbanon, so how do the rabbis know that? Where do they get it from? From the fact that the verse says, when you're going to be threshing your field and you'll forget. So you see that included in Shekha is something where you actually forgot a part of the field. Rabbi Yehuda, so what does Yehuda do with that verse? He needs it for the following statement of Rabbi Avo in the name of Rabbi Lazar. He says, This comes to exclude a case. It's not considered that he forgot it. If, let's say, it flew up in the air and it landed, it floated, so to speak, over onto someone else's field. So in that case, even though he forgot about it, he didn't. The, the real truth is that he didn't realize that it was his. So therefore, it's not considered shikha, it's not considered he forgot it, and therefore he can indeed collect it, and he does not have to leave it for the poor people. So how do the rabbis know this? From the fact that it could have said besade in the field, but it said besadcha in your field, that chaf is an extra letter. So that's how he learned it out. And Rabbi Yehuda, he doesn't learn anything out from that extra chaf. By Rabbi Yirmiyah, we have the following question. Let's say it flew up in the air and it floated, so to speak, into his own field, meaning it's not actually on the ground of, the, of his own field, but rather it's standing on top of some kind of rocks or something else. So, Avir the fact that it's inside of his field, inside of the airspace of his field, it's considered his field, or is it not considered his field? So, does he have to leave it behind or not? Those who say We can deduce the answer to this question now, which Rabbi Avo said in the name of Rabbi Lazar. Amar, he said, 
So he said that it's coming to exclude a case where it flew into his friend's field. If it flew into his friend's field, so then he does not consider it shikha, he can indeed collect, he does not have to leave it for a poor person. So we're saying it's only because it went into his friend's field. What if it went into his own field? So if it flew up into his own field, even though it's only in the airspace, it's not, not actually on the floor, nevertheless, he still has to leave it over. So another Gemara says, According to your own reasoning, in only if it's what if it's floating, meaning it's not actually on the ground itself, but it's let's say on a rock or something. That's when that's when he can leave it behind. But if it actually landed on the floor, not Wait, but we need it to be his field, and it's not his field. Meaning, even though it's not actually in the airspace of the field, it's on the floor of the field, which is not included in the statement of Rabbi Avo in the name of Rabbi Nevertheless, it's clear that it's not in his field, and not in the field of the guy who forgot it, so to speak, and therefore it can't be inc- included in the concept of Shekha. So just like when it says, this, his statement, he says, into the field of his friend, and it doesn't mean specifically floating, but it even means if it's actually placed on the floor. This said he said floating, that normally the way that it usually happens is in such a way that it floats there. So therefore, over here also when he said into his friend's field, maybe it's also lavdafka, it's not necessarily specifically his friend's field, but maybe even if it's floating, so to speak, in his own field. It's not placed on the floor of his field. Maybe it's not included. So we don't have an answer yet. Tashima. Let's try to bring an answer. Let's say you picked up some kind of sheaf and you wanted to bring it over to the city. You put it on top of something else. And you forgot about it. So the bottom one is considered it's considered forgotten even though it's hidden so to speak, and the top one is not considered shechacha, seems because it was floating. That's what the Gemara's Havamin is. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda Amar, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda says, Mishim Rabbi Shimon, in the name of Rabbi Shimon, Shneham einan shechacha. They're both not shechacha. Hatach tamir neshu tamir. The bottom one is because it's hidden. The top one because it's floating, so to speak. It's not actually on the ground of his, of his field. So the Gemara says, So they're only arguing until now about the bottom one. And when it comes to the top one, everyone agrees that it's not considered shikha. Why? Because we see if it's not actually placed on the floor, it's not considered in his field, and therefore it's not considered shikha. It has to be specifically in his field, on the floor of his field. That's what we see. The Gemara says, no, it's not a good proof. Shani Hasim, it's different over there. Since he held onto it already, he already planned to bring it into the city, he's been zocha in it, and thus there's no concept of shecha after he's already planned, he's already picked it up to bring it into the city. Ihachi, if that's so, my area agave chavera, if so, what's the difference if it's on top of the other thing? Afilu besadanami, even if it's in the field itself, it doesn't have to be on this case. What do we need this case for? Why do I have to say it's on top of something else and it's floating, so to speak? Gemara answers, it's true. We could have said that case. So why do we say it on top of the other one? Because we wanted to teach you the law about the bottom one. The Gemara says, wait. But it says that the reason that you don't have to, that you don't have to, there's no problem of Shekha, is because it's floating, so to speak. So the Gemara answers, that no. When it says that it's floating, it means that it's considered like a case where it's flowing, floating. It's not considered in the field. Why? Because he already started to take it out. That's the real reason. So now we're left with no conclusion and no answer to this question. Amar Abaye. Now the Gemara continues. Abaye says, Right now, he used to say sometimes, I am clear as Ben Aze. Ben Aze was an incredible genius. He said, I'm clear as Ben Aze in the, in the Shukim of Tveria, in the market of Tveria. He used to answer questions, Ben Aze. 
So Abai was saying, I'm clear. Ask me whatever you want. So one of the rabbis asked Abai the following question. You have two dead bodies, one on top of the other. Where does he measure from? And we're assuming here that one is sticking out on one side and the other one is sticking out on the other side. And one is also closer on one side to one city and one is closer on the other side to the other cities. The question is, where does he measure from? Do we say that when we have two things on top of each other and they're the same type of thing, it's not, it is considered, I'm sorry, it is considered that it's hidden. But in regards to floating, so to speak, and not being considered on the ground, there's no such thing, and it is considered that it's floating. And therefore you would count, you would measure from the top one, and you would not measure from the bottom one. Or maybe, perhaps, when it comes to floating, so min when you have the same type of thing, it is considered floating. And therefore you don't count from the top one. And the bottom one, so it's not considered that it's hidden. And therefore you would count from the bottom one. Or perhaps no. When regards to the same type of thing, it is considered hidden. And in regards to the same thing, it is considered floating. And we don't measure from either one, meaning they both are not included in the verse. So he answers, we turn the page to 45b. We learned it. If let's say you take a sheaf and you're going to bring it to the city, and you put it on top of the other one, and you forgot it, the bottom one is considered forgotten. The top one is not. Both of them are not considered forgotten. The bottom one because it's hidden. shoots off. That on the top one because it is floating. So in regards to the understanding of these Tanoim, they both are like Rabbi Yehuda, the Omar, that he says that when it says in the verse, it comes to exclude if something is hidden. Perhaps the following is what they're arguing about. That one holds that when you have the two things that are the same, therefore it's considered, it is indeed considered that it's hidden. And that's why indeed, that you will not, it's not considered Shecha. Umar And the other one holds that when you have the same type of thing, it's not considered hidden. And therefore, that's why he holds that it is considered Shecha. So the Gemara answers, Lai. No, it's not true. That the argument is about whether or not they hold like Yehuda. It could be that everyone agrees that if you have the same type of thing, it can be considered hidden. Here they're arguing about the argument of Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon, the Rabbanon, the Rabbis hold like the Rabbis. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda holds like Rabbi Yehuda that what? That since it's hidden, so therefore it's not included in Shekha, it's not included in something that you have to leave behind. So the Gemara says, If that's true, then why do we have to talk about a case of one, the same exact type of thing on top of the same exact thing? Even if it's standing on top of some kind of stone or some kind of dirt, that would also be the same issue. In Achanami, the Gemara says, True. So this is actually, why do we choose this case? It's to teach you the power of Rabbi This teaches us that he permits it, that it's not considered Shekha, even though it's the same type of thing, and it is considered Tamun, it's considered hidden, and therefore you do not have to leave it behind. We learned in Abraissa, When the Torah says that he has to be found dead, he has to be thrust through or killed with some kind of iron implement. So, not if he was choked, he has to be 
found dead and not convulsing on the ground. Viloy tamon begal, not hidden inside of some kind of pile of stones. Neifel viloy talo he has to be found fallen and not hanging from a tree. Besada in the field viloy tzaf al and not floating on top of the water. Rebelazer Amir, Rebelazer says, Bekulon imhayachalal orphan. In all of these cases, if he was also found with some kind of iron implement in him, let's say a sword, so you do indeed do egla arufa, the whole process. Tanya, Amr Rabbi Yaisi, we learned that in Bryce, Rabbi Yaisi says, Bar Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Yehuda, Amr Rabbi Lazar, they said to Rabbi Lazar, Don't you agree that if he was found choked and placed inside of the garbage can or inside of an area where people defecate, that we don't do Arifa, we don't do Egla Arufa? Alma, so what can we deduce? Chalol v'loi chanuk. That we see that it has to be Chalol, specifically found dead, in such a way that it was thrust through with some kind of iron implement. V'loi chanuk, and not choked. So hachanami ba'adama v'loi tamun. So so too, when it says ba'adama, when it says in the ground, it means specifically in the ground. V'loi tamun begal, not hidden inside of some kind of pile of stones. Noifel, he has fallen. V'loi talabi'ilan, not hanging from a tree. Besada v'loi tzafa gabi mayim. He has to be found inside of a field and not floating on top of the water. Verbilazar, chalal yaseirakziv. So Verbilazar says no. He holds that all of these cases indeed are included from the fact that it says the word chalal many times in the verses. It says over and over a dead body. It comes to include more cases of a dead body. And however, it does exclude the case of chanuk because we can find one of those chalals to exclude it as well. The Gemara continues, We said, if the dead body was found near the border, so it would seem to be like the border of Israel, as opposed to the border of the city or something, it's on the edge, really on the edge of civilization, near where the non-Jews live, or next to some kind of city that's non-Jewish as well. So all of those cases... We said we do not do the ceremony of Egla Rufa. How do we know? Because the verse says, Ki yimza, he shall be found. Parat Lamotze, this comes to exclude a case where if he goes to that place, it would be common for him to get killed. If you go to the edge of a non-Jewish town, so it's very common. Or if you find him on the edge of the border between Israel and the Arab places, so it's also common for him to get killed. So therefore, it has to be a case which is not normal. It has to be that he found in there, not something that usually happens. We said, or it's next to a city that does not have a bezin. Because the verse says that the elders of the city have to come out. We don't have that. That's obvious. We said, it's the same thing we said again. Once we said that you can't, you don't do it next to a city that has no bezin. Obviously, don't measure. You only measure to a place that has a bezin. So my answer is, this is what's coming to teach us, like we learned in the Brisa. How do we know that if there's no Bezdin in that city, that we leave that city, and we rather measure to a city that does indeed have a Bezdin? And the elders of that city, so the, they shall take it. So we see that even if it's far away from that city, it could be it's closer to a different city. But the fact that there are elders in your city, so therefore those are the ones that are going to be responsible. That city is going to be responsible to deal with this dead body that was found. Now we begin the Mishnah. Nimsimachuvim ben Shteayaris. Let's see, find it precisely between two cities, Shteyan and Mavius Shteagolois. So Rebbe says that they both have to bring this calf. They have to do the whole Agla Rufa. Ceremony. However, the city of Jerusalem never brings an eglat rufa. Let's you find the head in one place, and you find the body in a different place. You bring the head to where the body is. 
that's what Rabbi holds, that it goes after where the body is, not where the head is. We're going to see in what regards this has to do with. Rabbi Akiva, I mean, Rabbi Akiva says, rather you go, the body goes after where the head is. So from where, from which point would they measure? Rabbi Lazar, from the, from the belly button. Rabbi Akiva says, from the nose. Rabbi Lazar says, no, from the place that a person is usually killed, from his neck. Gemara. My time at the Rabbi Lazar, what's the reason of Rabbi Lazar? Because he holds actually at some time, because you can be precisely in between. When the verse says, and it is close, it doesn't just mean Dafka specifically one city, it could even be more than one city. Jerusalem does not perform this ceremony. The Amar because the verse says, Larishta, that when you come to the land that you're supposed to inherit, because Savar, and this person holds, Yerushalayim Jerusalem is not a city that was given out to the to the different tribes, and therefore it's not included in this verse, and there's no concept of Egla Aruf in regards to Jerusalem. So if you find a head in one place, etc., what are they arguing about? If it's regards to how we measure, that's what they're arguing about. It says in the end, where were they measuring from? That's what it says in the end of the Mishnah. So we can deduce in the beginning, we're not discussing where you're measuring from. Um, Reb Yitzchak, so Reb Yitzchak explains, what is it coming to teach us? The issue here has to do with someone who died, he gets the place where he died. So where did he die? Where his head is or where his body is? In regards to burying him, that he's getting this place. If his head is in one place and his his body is in a different place, you bring the head to where the body is. That's what Rabbi Lazar holds. The body is where he was Kona, his place, that's where he's to be buried. Rabbi Kiva says, The body is brought to where the head is. What are they arguing about? One holds that the body is where he originally fell. And the head, so it rolled away and went somewhere else. The other one holds, the head is where he originally fell. But the body had been in motion already, and that's why the body is farther away. And from where would they measure? But my like, what are they arguing about? So the one who says you measure from the nose because he holds that the main part of a person's life is in his nose. The other one holds the main part of a person's life is in his in his belly button. Let us say it's like the following brisa. From where does the body begin to be formed when it's in a fetus? So one sheet is from the head. The verse says, From the innards of my mother did you take me out by my head? How do you know that Gozi is my head? Because the verse says, We see that the verse refers to the head of a Nazir. So therefore you see Gizi is the head. So that's where it all begins. He says that where does the beginning of the fetus's development occur? From the belly button. And then it spreads out from there. So we say that it could even be according to Abishol, that it could be that you measure from the nose. That's only in regards to the way that the fetus is formed. That the way that he's formed is from the middle. That's how he's formed. When it comes to his life, everyone will agree that where is he living from? It's from his nose. As the verse is called, all the souls that have some kind of life, the breath of life inside of their nose, etc. said, from the place, where do we measure from where his neck is? Because that's where he gets killed. My time in the Rebbe Yaakov, what's the understanding of Rebbe Yaakov? The verse says, You'll be given over to the necks of the dead evil ones. So you see that the next is where they become evil and dead. Masis, and we learn the Mishnah. 
Nifteru Ziknei Rishalayim Vahalchulahen after the elders of Jerusalem left, Ziknei Oisahair Mevin Eglas Bakar. So then the elders of that city bring this calf. Asher Leimashchaba Oil was never placed upon it a yoke, Vain Amum Paisalba. However, in regards if there's a blemish on it that doesn't make it possible, doesn't ruin it. Umuridin Oisalanachalais, and they bring it down to the fast running river. Eisan Kamashmoi Kasha. What does Eisan mean? It means a hard river. Avlubishe Eina Eisan Kasha. Nevertheless, even if it's not this type of the type of river, it's still okay. It's only lechatchila. And they kill it with a knife on the back of its neck. So the place where this is done, you're not allowed to ever plant seeds there or to work the ground there. But you can't process over there any kind of flax and to make holes in some kind of stones. Both of these things are things that do not actually involve working the ground. So even though it's Asr Bahana, you're not allowed to enjoy the ground itself, but you can stand in that place and use it, that area, to do some kind of other work that doesn't involve the ground. The elders of that city, they wash their hands with water in the place where the animal was killed. And they say, they say, our hands did not spill out this blood. And our eyes didn't see. So Gemara asks, the mission actually asks, is it upon our minds that we think also, do we ever think, heaven forbid, the elders of the Bezdin of this court, they killed someone? So what they're saying is, he didn't come to us and we, we sent him away with, without any food. And we didn't see him and leave him without being escorted. We'll finish up the Mishnah and the priests say, Forgive your nation Israel, that you have redeemed Hashem, and let there not be any kind of spilling of the, the blood of an innocent amongst your people of Israel. They did not actually say the, the verse, the part of the verse that says, and the blood shall atone for them. But rather, the Torah itself is saying the following message When you do this whole ceremony, so then the blood will indeed atone.